Welcome everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. With me are a podcasters Hartmut Schumacher from Go Your Own Path, stationed in Germany, and I have Dr. Jane Marquis of with Empowered Mind podcast, currently stationed in um, US. In, instead of, but he's, she's originally from Canada. Some some of us have to make some changes because of what's been happening. And of course, we are very excited to have a brilliant, powerful, empowering guest today. And we have attorney Bobby Ann Cox. And thank you so much for being with us, attorney Bobby Ann Cox. Yes, thank you for having me on, Grace. I appreciate it. And uh, so when I got the text while we were having a podcast and I got this text from Curtis Cost and recommending attorney Bobby Ann Cox, I said, oh, of course, why not? And at that time, she was just suing New York's governor, health and department, health department, then New York state governor, and of course, the public health and health planning council. And uh, but currently she won, she won this case. So I'd like to congratulate her and, of course, congratulate the people of New York who have been really fighting for their sovereignty and for their freedom, especially when it comes to their help protecting their families. So thank you so much for attorney Bobby Ann. And of course, with this, it's just fascinating to kind of hold this paper with that, uh, that final decision. And she would be able to speak more on that. But for, as far as what I know about her, this is not something new to her. Many, for many years now, she's the kind of lawyer that she's been speaking up, helping individuals and communities in her own private time. So she's the lawyer who did not wait for someone to invite her, let's do some action. But she took the lead and started this case. So correct me if I'm wrong. And yes, take, the, take, take your time and share to us, especially the good news. Yes, yes, thank you. I'm very pleased uh, to be here today with you and to share this great news. Um, so, yeah, just a little bit of background on me. I, I'm in a New York attorney. I've been um, practicing law in New York for almost 25 years now. And um, my, my mainstay, my focus on my practice uh, up until COVID uh, was I would sue local municipalities. I would sue towns and villages and cities, um, school districts on behalf of my clients um, who own property. Uh, and the basis of those lawsuits was that the local government was, was overstepping and they were um, overassessing and overtaxing those properties. Um, so I would sue them on behalf of my clients to help get a more equal, a more just, a more fair analysis of the property and therefore lower their, their tax burden for the property. Um, so when COVID came around and uh, we saw this immediate, in New York State at least, we saw an immediate jump to uh, the government taking complete control and um, telling the people what they could and couldn't do. I mean, it was March, early March of 2020, and our governor then, who was Governor Cuomo, um, he's no longer our governor. Now we have um, Kathy Hochul as our governor. Um, but so 
at that time, he jumped right into, okay, everybody locked down, stay in your house. It's only going to be two weeks, you know? Um, but I had this, this breadth of experience of dealing with government, you know, dealing with municipalities, dealing on the local level with government officials. And, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I said, oh no, <laughs> first of all, this is not going to be two weeks. <laughs> Nothing happens in the government for two weeks. Um, but I just knew, you know, it, it didn't pass the sniff test. There, there was something wrong here. Um, and sure enough, Governor Cuomo, went an entire year with these tremendous powers of telling people, you know, how many people they could gather together with in their home, uh, how many people could go into a church or a synagogue to pray, you know, a house of worship to pray. Um, it was unbelievable the things that he was doing to, to us here in New York. So, um, and, you know, there were lawsuits, you know, challenges along the way, um, but, I, I was really focused on trying to educate New Yorkers as to what was going on, what's legal, what's not, what's constitutional, what's not, because I was getting so many people reaching out to me and asking me those questions. You know, can I open my business? Am I going to go to jail? Am I going to get fined? You know, are, are these really laws? Are, are they just suggestions? Are they guidances? You know, do I have to follow it? So people were really confused you know, obviously it's it's natural they would be confused because we've never had our government try and do this to us before. So um, I spent, a, a, I'd say, a good year and a half um, going around New York, um, meeting with people in person and groups in person. Um, and I'd go from county to county and give speeches and just basically educate people about, you know, what was going on and try to empower them to understand, learn, and be able to speak up for themselves. Um, so when when I was told about this quarantine regulation, somebody sent it to me. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background on it. The, the, this quarantine regulation that I sued the governor over, um, it was, it was, I mean, so unbelievably. Um, I mean, first of all, illegal. Second of all, just horrific to even imagine. The commissioner of health in this regulation was given the power to pick and choose which New Yorkers she could force to quarantine or isolate, which means they could force you to do that in your home. They could lock you down in your home or they could take you from your home and put you into a facility, a detention center, a camp, whatever you want to call it. They didn't have to prove you were sick. They didn't have to prove you even harbored a communicable disease. They just had to think maybe you were exposed to a communicable disease. There was no proof, no evidence needed. They could determine how long you stayed locked down in your house or locked up in a facility. There was no age restriction. They could take you. They could take your child. They could take your parent your elderly grandparent, there was absolutely no restriction on the age. Um, and there was no way for you to get out, meaning there were no provisions built into this regulation that said, you know, if somebody came knocking on your door and said, okay, sorry, you have to come with us, you have to quarantine because the government told you to, you couldn't even negotiate and say, well, wait a minute, I'll take a test. I'll, I'll prove to you that I don't have this disease. 
No, that was not part of this regulation. It was the government said you have to do it, so you have to do it. So, you know, I, I read this regulation and I said, no way, absolutely not. This is not the United States of America. This, this regulation doesn't belong in any country, but it specifically does not belong in this country. So um, I started doing some research and, um, you know, I spoke to other attorneys about it and said, you know, we should sue. We should bring a lawsuit about this. Um, but they, they were really thinking more of, you know, well, no one's actually been locked up yet. You know, the government's not using this regulation yet. Um, so they didn't want to get involved. Um, I, I'm, I also did the case pro bono. So I think a lot of them didn't want to get involved if they weren't going to get paid uh, for their time. But, um, you know, I just said, you know what? You, you don't have to wait until people are being locked up and injured. Um, we can go about this another way. We can sue on the premise that you are violating the governor and the Department of Health are violating co the Constitution because of separation of powers, meaning the, the, the legislative branch, which is our New York state senators and our New York state assembly members, they make the laws. That's what our constitution says. The legislature makes the laws and the constitution says the executive branch where the governor sits and the department of health sits, they're supposed to enforce the laws. They're not supposed to make the laws. And this regulation was a law. I mean, they were calling it a regulation so that they could squeak it through their agency, but really it, it was a law because it was something completely new. Um, in, in New York, an agency, and in the United States in general, the way our constitution is written, an agency which is under the executive, under the, the governor, or on the federal level, it's under the president, an agency can't just do whatever it wants. An agency has to have a directive from the legislature to do something. Because again, the agency is just supposed to help carry out laws that are passed by the legislature. So um, so we went with a separation of, of, really separation of powers constitutional argument. Um, and, and we won on Friday, just a few days ago, um, the New York State Supreme Court judge, Ronald Plotz, he ruled in our favor. Um, you know, he said this, this regulation is violative of existing New York state law, which was also part of our lawsuit. And it violated separation of powers because the executive branch crossed over into that realm of the legislature, which is the, the body that makes laws in our state. Um, so he struck it down. He said, it's null, it's void. You can't enforce it. Um, you can't try to reissue it. Um, so it was a tremendous win, uh, really a tremendous win. Um, and so now what this does is this sends a message to other agencies, whether in New York or in other states, um, and it, it tells them, okay, well, if you are going to take a power from another branch of government that, that you're not supposed to have, we're going to come after you, we're going to sue you, and look, we're going to win because we already won on this case. So I think it's, I'm hoping it's going to wake up some of these agencies and some of these executives, some of these governors to understand that you can't just do whatever you want. Even if you're calling it an emergency, you can't just do whatever you want. We have a constitution that has protections built in for the people. 
And a, a lot of people have forgotten in, in New York and, and around the United States that the Constitution was written to keep the government in check. The Constitution was not written to keep the people in check. So it's really, really monumental that we that we won this case because I think that and, and I'm hoping that it will deter other states and other governors and other agencies from doing something like this. And, and if it doesn't, and, and another state decides to promulgate a regulation like this through their Department of Health, well, now the attorneys in the other states can look at this case and they can try and use it as, as a roadmap on, on how to win in their, in their state. So uh, I'm really, I'm very pleased with, with, the, uh, with the judge's ruling on Friday. Because this was really first of its kind and it's unprecedented. So it's, it, it's really magnificent. I can only hope really that there will be, because I know you can't do everything for the rest of the country and that there will be more of you. We just have to multiply you. Uh, do you experience that other lawyers from other states are trying to connect with you or just just people who really want to have to experience the same? Um, yeah, I've actually had um, attorneys internationally reach out to me um, because I think they are they are hearing about this win. Um, they're looking at what's going on in their country and their and countries around them, and they're starting to say, you know, there might be something here. Maybe we can maybe we can replicate this now in in our country. Um, so yeah, and and as far as I know, I, I I'm not aware of any other state in the United States right now that has a regulation for quarantine like this. Um, I, I, I'm not aware of that. So I don't know that um, any of the attorneys yet in other states in this country would um, would need to replicate this yet. I'm hoping they don't have to. I'm hoping their state doesn't even try this. Um, but you know, one thing about this regulation, well, there are a couple of things about this regulation that I'd like to point out is that First of all, there was no provision in there that said that there had to be an emergency for the Department of Health to use it. So they could just like literally any time, any day, at any point, start locking people up. And because there was no need to prove that the person actually had a communicable disease, they could have used it in, in any circumstance. You know, they could have used it to prevent people from from voting in our elections in November. They could have used it because they didn't like that you attended a certain uh, political event or or a fundraiser or or whatever it is. Um, it, it, the abuse that that regulation could have provided for people is is tremendous. I mean, the abuse. All you needed was somebody in a position of power in the Department of Health, or, or even if that the Commissioner of Health gave that power to the local health departments in each county or in each town, you know, you could have seen a tremendous amount of corruption with people, you know, imagine somebody, your neighbor gets annoyed with you for something, they call up the health department and they say, you know, I think that uh, Sam Smith over there, you know, I think he's got COVID. I saw him sneeze a couple times. I think you guys should go lock him up. You know, I mean, it, it really could have turned into a horrible 
situation of pitting, you know, friends against enemies and people against family members or competitors or, you know, another thing I want to point out about this regulation is that it said that the government could tell you what to do while you were in quarantine. So they had complete control over you. That means they could have taken your phone. They could have taken your laptop. They could have denied you access to the internet. They could have denied you any sort of access to the outside world. So what? So how, how, how are you supposed to work? If, if you're a small business owner, how are you going to run your business if you're locked up in a facility with no communication to the outside world? Uh, or, or if you have a job, you work for somebody else, how are you supposed to even tell them, sorry, I, I can't come to work? You lose your, your job, possibly. You lose your small business, possibly. You lose wages. Maybe that means you lose your home because now you can't pay for your home. All because the government thought, hey, we think that person might have been exposed to a disease. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievably unconstitutional. No due process protections built into that. You know, we had oral arguments in front of our judge um, the end of May, and he asked the attorney general, because that's that's who represents the governor and the Department of Health. I'm, I've been dealing with the attorney general's office. So he asked the attorney general, well, if you lock up a family, like, you, you know, you're saying they're sick and you're saying they're a threat. So you, you lock them up in a facility or a hospital or whatever. Um, how do they get out? And, you know, he kind of thought about it. And the attorney general's office was like, well, um, you know, they can hire a lawyer and file a lawsuit, you know, and it's like, and the judge even said, well, isn't that rather a lengthy process? You know, I mean, I started this case the first week of April. It's now the middle of July and, and we just got our ruling. So um, someone's going to sit in quarantine for four months, five months, eight months, 10 months. I mean, lawsuits take a long time. So um, yeah, it, it was really, it was really horrific. And, and another point I'd like to make is they wrote in that regulation that they could use local law enforcement to enforce their orders, which means you could literally get a knock on the door from the sheriff or the local police uh, saying, I'm sorry, but you need to come with us or, or, you know, your nine-year-old child needs to come with us because that's what the government said, you know, unbelievable, just, just shocks the conscience, absolutely shocks the conscience. So I'm I'm thrilled that the judge ruled in our favor. I see names like and um, George Borello, New York State Senator, Chris Tag, New York State Assemblyman, and uh, Michael Lawler, New York State Assemblyman, and of course, some, there's other individuals, I guess, in the Uniting New York State. So I made mention this because did uh, with a question that did they make a big difference with their yeah. support in winning this case? Yes, absolutely. So um, that goes to really um, the heart of, of how I developed this lawsuit. Um, so the Citizens Group is uniting New York State. It's, it's a group that's um, it's really there to, to help advocate for the citizens of New York and really educate them as to what their rights are and such and such. Um, so they were on board from the beginning. 
Um, but in order to really have a strong separation of powers argument, I really needed members of the legislative branch to be a part of this lawsuit, because that's where in this lawsuit and this idea of having this cause of action, that's who's being injured are those people that we elected to be our state senators and our state assembly members. They're being injured because here, the governor and the Department of Health in the other branch of government came in and took their power from them. They went and made a law that they were not supposed to make. Laws are made by the assembly and the Senate. So having Senator Borrello and Assemblyman Tague and Assemblyman Lawler on the lawsuit was crucial because that's, that's injury in fact. They were being injured. Their power was being usurped by another section of the government. Um, and then the citizens group is injured because if you, if you take away the power from the New York State Senators and Assembly members, that's who represents the people, right? Because the members in the agencies, whether it's the Department of Health or the Department of Education, whatever department it is, they are appointed. They are not elected. So when you take away the voice of the legislators, the senators and the assembly members, you're actually extinguishing the voice of the people. Because now the people are being subjected to the whim of unelected, appointed bureaucrats that sit in an agency. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. That's not how our constitution is set up. And certainly that lends itself to, to corruption and tyranny beyond belief. So um, yeah, so it, it, it's definitely really important that, that Senator Borrello and Assemblyman Tigg and Assemblyman Lawler um, were willing to stand up and, and come on this lawsuit and be the petitioners that are named in the lawsuit. Um, I spoke with a, a lot of of New York state legislators um, before filing my lawsuit. And a lot of them were, were totally in support of it. Um, but some of them didn't want to put their name to it. Um, you know, other, other legislators have sued the governor in the past and usually they have gotten pretty poor treatment <laughs> as a result, um, you know, of the governor lashing back and such. So um, it, it takes a lot of courage for those legislators to stand up and um, and and do what's right, so I, I admire all of them uh, tremendously, and um, I thank them for being a part of the lawsuit and and doing what's right and standing up for the people and for the Constitution. We thank them as well. Source speaks, and so God bless all of you. And uh, I'll pass it on to Jane. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. The courage and just the the belief in what's right and standing up against this. I mean, we've seen what's happened in Australia. People put in quarantine camps, and and it's happened in Canada. And um, what I noticed, what really bothered me at the very beginning was how we were giving away our rights to a health department that we did not vote in or have any say in what they're doing. And I think that was planned personally. And I, I also was really disturbed by how health departments were 
uh, forcing regulated professions and, and um, laying out the groundwork of what we could do and say. And, and I found that very disturbing as well. But I feel that's something that's been in the works for a number of years. You can, in hindsight, you can see it all being laid out. Some of the, some of the thing that I also noticed is that the higher populated states have had these things come in um, more aggressively than the non-populated states like New York, like California. Do you have any comments on that, on why that would be? Well, I, I actually, um, from what I've been reading as to what different states are doing um, or speaking to people that I know in various states across the country, um, what I'm noticing is that it's, um, we call them blue states. So states that are run by um, democratic, whether it's democratic governors and democratic senates and assemblies, or maybe just a democratic governor, when you have a heavy democratic rule, we call them a blue state. Um, and those states have shown that their governors are just, or, or departments of health, um, have been just out of control with, with these regulations and the overstep. Now, everybody wants to be safe, right? No, nobody wants to run around and get sick or be sick or make somebody else sick. But we have protections built in to our laws and our rules and our regulations so that you are not hurting somebody in the name of protecting the good of society, right? So in, for example, with this lawsuit, my quarantine lawsuit here in New York, we already have a law in New York that's been on the books for decades, like literally 60, 70 years, that says if there's somebody that is a threat to the public health and you want to quarantine them, you want to remove them from society, you can do that. But here are all the steps that you have to take before you can do that. And that's called due process. That, that's procedural due process. That means there are all these steps and they have to meet each one of those steps before you can remove somebody. The number one thing on that list is they have to actually have the disease, right? You can't just think maybe they were exposed. So we already have that in our, in our system here in New York. We have its public health law section 2120. It's clear as day, it's very explicit. And this regulation, went and completely conflicted with, with that law, which has been around for decades. So if you want to, if, if you really do want to keep people healthy and safe, excellent, perfect, wonderful, please do that, but do it within the realm of the law. Don't just make up a regulation because you feel like having superpowers that you're not entitled to that nobody's entitled to. Nobody should have that kind of unbridled power. No, we do not live in a monarchy. We do not live in, in you know, a, to a totalitarian state. So that power is spread out over three different branches of government in, in New York and, and in this country. So yeah, I, I am 100%, 100% for keeping people safe, but you have to do it within the realm of the law. So we saw with in the past, particularly in the past two plus years with COVID, we have seen many of the blue states 
just go haywire. Their, their, their executive branch, their governor or their departments of health have just said, oh, we want you to do this and that and this and that. And people are fighting back. I mean, um, Pennsylvania, let's see, I think it was early December of 2021, um, somebody had brought a lawsuit in Pennsylvania against their Department of Health um, and their governor over their mask mandate. And, and they won. You know, the highest court in, in Pennsylvania early December struck it down and said, no, you can't do that. That, that you, you went about it the wrong way, right? Everybody wants to be safe and healthy and not hurt other people, but you have to go about it the right way. Um, and, and we're seeing that also on the federal level here in the United States. You know, the Biden administration has been just out of control. They're, you know, Biden telling his agencies to do things that they are not entitled to do. And thankfully, the United States Supreme Court is stepping up and, and shutting it down. Um, you know, we just had a decision a week or two ago uh, from the United States Supreme Court about an agency, this one was the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, a federal agency, which is again, under the executive branch at the federal level. Um, and they had made a regulation which conflicted or changed a section of a federal law, a federal environmental law. And um, the Supreme Court basically said, no, you can't do that. You're an agency. You, you don't have the power to change or conflict with laws right? You're supposed to enforce the laws that are passed by Congress. Um, same thing with back in January of, of this year, 2022, the United States Supreme Court ruled um, against OSHA and Biden. So OSHA is um, an Occupational Safety and Health Administration. It's, it's an agency underneath Biden. And last year, Biden told OSHA to make a regulation, and they did, which said 100 or more, any company in the United States that has 100 or more employees has to force those employees to get the COVID-19 shot, or you have to test weekly and wear a mask to work and all this such. So they were sued. Biden was sued. OSHA was sued. And in January, it, it was decided by the United States Supreme Court. And they said, no, OSHA, you do not have that power. That That is a law. Congress didn't pass a law and then you were carrying it out in your regulation. You made that up all on your own. So it's a law and you can't make law because you're in the executive branch. So, you know, we do see this overreach going on, not just in New York, not just at the state level in other states. We're seeing it at a national level, um, which is, you know, I mean, lawsuits can be effective, right? But lawsuits take time and lawsuits take money. And it shouldn't be that we have to keep suing the government to keep it in check, right? We should have people in power. We should be electing people and putting people in power in our government who are going to do the will of the people, who are going to watch out for the people and not do these things that are complete, you know, executive branch overreach, whereby triggering a group of people or a group of attorneys to get together and have to sue, right? I mean, it, it's, I'm doing this case pro bono and it is it has taken up a tremendous amount of my time and my energy and my resources, but you know, you can't do that forever. And other attorneys maybe are not in the position that they could do a pro bono case like this. You know, it, it shouldn't be that we have to keep chasing them with lawsuits. It, it, you know, we have to really pay attention to who we're putting in office.
Yes. Well, thank you again. And I think we have to just be aware that we wouldn't give away our, our rights like many have unless it was a scare and fear tactic with, um, you know, an, a pathogen or a virus, right? Like this, we just need to think about how this has been done and really think through, you know, what people like you are doing and trying to stop. But yeah, yeah it's just so big. Yeah. It's a good point because people, um, what we've seen, particularly here in New York, um, in the past two, two and a half years almost now, is that somebody stands up on television um, uh, from the government, whether it's our governor, whether it's our, you know, head of our Department of Health, or the head of the CDC for on the national level, you know, they just stand on television and they say, well, you know what, I really think everybody should wear a mask, even in the shower, you know, and then people obey. And they're like, oh, okay, yes, let's all wear a mask in the shower. You know, I don't know if it's if it's fear um, or what exactly it is, but people have to get back to questioning. You know, we need to have questions. We need to have an open discussion. I mean, that that's what law is, right? You have two sides in a lawsuit and this side thinks one thing, this side thinks something else. And you go back and forth and you say, well, here's why I think it's it's this way. And then the other side comes in and says, well, no, I think that it should be this way, right? So there's always a banter. There's always a back and forth. It's a discussion of ideas and interpretations. Same thing with medicine. You know, medicine is supposed to be a discussion of science, right? Well, what is this? What is that? I think it's this. I think it's that. But we haven't seen that the last couple of years. You know, it's it's, everything's been very one sided. So people tend to just the government says something now and they just jump. Yes, we must do that. No, you have to question it. Maybe the government is right, but at least question it first right? Use, use your thinking skills. Um, so I think it, it, it is very dangerous if we just, like you're saying, you know, all of a sudden say, oh, it's in the name of health and safety. Okay. Let's just make sure we're following the constitution as we do it. Let's make sure we're not hurting other people as we do it. Let's make sure we're not opening the door to corruption and tyranny as we do it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that concerns me is that there is no opposing viewpoint allowed. You know, freedom of speech has been seriously hindered. And yes. Yeah. And if you've tried to speak out at all, you know that that's a very real thing. I'm going to pass you to Hartmut. And thank you so much. I can't from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. Thank you, Attorney Bobby, uh, and for being here. It's a it's uh, really refreshing to hear what's going uh, what's uh, what's going on in New York. Um, my question is: with this lawsuit, um, how can I do as a usual civilian put it in practice? Let's say it this way: at the moment we have summertime, everything is happy, everything is relaxed. Yeah, we enjoy we enjoy the swimming pool, we enjoy the parks. But uh, October is standing in front of the door. And um, 
in Germany, we have the situation that they, it looks like they to prepare everything to press, to put more pressure or to be more, more strict concerning the measurements. Uh, how can I use as a civilian this law, for example, if someone in October will stand in front of my door? Yeah, so it's so hard. Um, like you're saying, it's summertime and a lot of people, even here in New York, here, you know, across the country, people think, oh, everything's done. Everything's good. The government has backed off. The government's not going to do anything else. You know, they had their crazy power grab and now now we're done. No, <laughs> they are not done. They are absolutely not done. And like you said, you know, the fall is going to come. The, the weather is going to change. Um, here in New York, we have elections and, and in many other states, there are elections going on in November. Um, so, yeah, there. I agree with you that we cannot let our guard down. Um, if you, we have to be diligent because uh, when you let your guard down and they sneak things in that you don't even know about because the media is not covering it. I mean, that's what's happening in, happening in New York. That's what's happening in, in most of the United States. The mainstream media is is pretty much owned by you know people that just like that one-sided story they, they don't like to be questioned they don't like to have uh, interaction they don't like to have another side of the equation um, so you're only getting one side of the story and you know I talk to people I mean well-educated people that I know and they have no idea they have no idea even even a quarter of the stuff that's going on in New York, or, or in this country, that's that's hurting the people directly, you know, whether it's COVID restrictions, the, the quarantine camp, or the you know the forced masks, or the um, you know whatever it is, you know, selling off our all our energy to China, or th you know, it, people don't know because the media is not covering it. Um, the mainstream media is not covering it. You know, a lot of a lot of um, alternate. Alternate media, yes, like a lot of podcasters are carrying it or bloggers are carrying it, but but not the mainstream media that and that's how, you know, that's how you reach the population or most of the population is through the mainstream media channels. Um, so it, it is dangerous. The censorship is very dangerous because people are getting only a tiny bit of the information. And again, we're talking about people of all walks of life not having the right information makes it very dangerous, very dangerous. So um, I don't know um, if where you live, if there are groups of people that are getting together to help spread the word, educate other people in your community about what's going on, what to look for, you know, what are the red flags? What can this lead to? Um, but I think that is super important to have those groups that are, you know, just people volunteering, you know, their time, willing to put in that time and do the research, do the homework, and then spread that word to other people. Um, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, going around giving speeches all over the place, but it could simply be sharing the information. You know, you put up a website and you just, you have all your information posted on your website, or you, you have an email contact database or something. 
Um, I think those are great ways to get information out to people and, and try and educate other people and find like-minded people. And um, the, um, the lawsuit you won, does it, does it have an effect for the individual? For example, let's say it this way. Um, let's, let's make um, imagination. I'm driving with my car through New York and then I was stopped by the police. And um, I don't know, maybe I sneeze or anything like that. And they want to make a poor cover test. I don't know. And then they say, okay, we have to, we have to put you in a quarantine. Does this lawsuit affect my individual rights? Well, it, this, yeah. This so moment, for, for example. Yes. So this lawsuit win means that what the judge said is that the Department of Health cannot issue orders of quarantine and isolation pursuant to that regulation. So they can't write something up and hand it to you and say, oh, I'm really sorry, but you need to come with us because what, you know, you sneezed, um, you know, they can't do that because he has struck this down as illegal and, and unconstitutional and they're not allowed to try and reissue it. So They can't, they can't use it now. They can't start writing orders of quarantine now. And they can't down the line try and reissue this regulation again. So he has barred them from, from really using this ever, which is... Oh, that's brilliant. That's, and, um, and here in Germany, we have a, a specific um, tendency. Um in the, in the, for example, if someone uh, is, let's say, 100% natural and he has, um, let's say, he has infected someone with, um, with, um, with a flu or something like that, and it can be proven that he is 100% natural, then he can make, re he can make responsibility for a fine of, for a fine of $25,000 euros or to go for five years in prison. Yeah, wow. This is the situation what we are going to face in Germany at the moment. Uh, so everyone has uh, his own responsibility not to affect other people. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So the and my and um, I have a, another completely different topic um, because let's say it this way: the governments they try they make everything. They make every small step in one country and then they put this step also to other countries. They copy it in other countries. And as you said, you are um, you're also a, a lawyer for, let's say, for, for, for real estate. Um, have you made the experience in the US? Because the costs of this um, pandemic are so huge and they have to be paid in, in a specific way. And um, in Germany, we have, um, we have established a compensation law. We had a war victim compensation law in Germany in the, in the, in the, in the early 50s. And this law victim compensation law gave the possibility to give money to people who came out of war. And all the real estate owner and, uh, got, um, have to pay a credit on their house for 30 years. Yeah, so wow. for example, um, 
the people got the money in order to establish a new job or establish a new life, but the but the debts were paid by the whole population. So all the money which was on the savings were cut by 50%, let's say 50,000 marks, 50% were cut, 50% goes to the government, 50% you could help, hold. And this law, this compensation law when, uh, was active until 1979-1980, around. So the people had to pay 30 years the credit for the houses. And the interesting thing is in 2019, in Germany, they have, and and after that, the, it was like in a coma. No one used it, this law anymore. And in 2019, November 2019, they have activated this as a social compensation law, where also the damages of uh, injections will be paid. Hmm. And all the damages on, um, yeah, social damages, which will, which will establish, so that and with this activation, the credit on the real estate can be activated again. And in that moment, the, the, the credits can be so high that the people cannot pay the rent anymore for the houses they own. And this law shall be activated in January, 1st January 2024. And my question is, have you ever heard anything about that in the US so that the so that the government makes the attempt to get the money from the people in order to compensate the cost of the pandemic. <coughs> Excuse me. I have not heard anything similar to that. Um, but I, I know that the, the inflation that's going on right now in the United States is tremendous it's it's unprecedented and um everything just costs so much more and i think that that <coughs> excuse me um what yeah what you're That's saying no, yeah um but what you're saying though i i definitely think i mean where is the government ever going to get the money from of course they're going to get it from the people um, I guess it's just going to be different ways, you know, in, in which they come up with ideas of how they're going to get it. Um, but yeah, that it's it's terrible. It, it goes back to what I was saying before that really who we who we put in power is so important because if we don't have like-minded people sitting in the government seats, making the decisions. Oh, yeah, this is what we get, right? This is what we yep. get, these terrible decisions that hurt the people. And in the United States, you know, I often remind people that we, this country was founded by a group of people that left England and broke away from England because there was such bad tyranny going on. Tyranny is the reason that this country started. So here we are almost 250 years later, and we're seeing tyranny that is just horrible. I mean, they want to come and, and tell you, we think maybe you were exposed to a disease, so you need to come with us and we're going to lock you up or lock you down, you know, and we'll tell you when you can come out. I mean, give me a break. You know, it's... 
it's unbelievable. It, it's just, it, it's something that you would read in like, you know, a, a really bad book, <laughs> you know, a horror movie. Um, and, and it goes back to, we, we have got, we have got to get rid of these people who are in, in the top parts of the government that are making these rules. We have to. Um, and in New York, thank goodness, we have an election coming up in November. Uh, the governor, our current governor, Kathy Hochul, is running for election. Um, and I encourage people to not vote for her because she has had a track record, a horrific track record of trampling all over the Constitution. And who suffers when tyrannical, power-hungry people in government do things that are against the Constitution? It's the people who suffer. That's who suffers. It's not the people in the agencies. It's not the people sitting uh, you know, at the top of the government chain. No, it, it's the people who suffer. So... Uh, thank goodness in New York, we, we have elections coming up in November. I, I don't, you know, I can't stress that enough that people need to, you know, do their homework. Don't just vote down party lines. Read up about the people running for office um, and see how your representatives voted. You know, call your representatives up. Say, hey, are you? did you hear about that quarantine regulation? Are you, are you supporting that? Do you think the governor should be able to do that? You know, um, and the governor, she can, the attorney general can appeal this decision. There, There's another court they could go to if they want to try to appeal it. Um, <clears throat> so Senator Borrello and Assemblyman Tague and Assemblyman Lawler are calling on New Yorkers to reach out to the governor and reach out to the, the attorney general um, and email them, call them, write them a letter and say, do not appeal this decision. This, this we do not want quarantine facilities. We do not want forced isolations. Um, you know, the judge ruled, let it stand. Let it stand. Um, so I, I hope any New Yorkers watching this video will will take a few minutes to do that because it's everybody has to do something. Everybody needs to pitch in um, if we're gonna if we're gonna come out of this with our constitution intact and our freedoms still intact. Everybody needs to pitch in a little bit. And um, are there still quarantine camps in New York State or is uh, or is are they closed and shut down or not used or what is the situation? Well, I don't know of any um, specific camps in New York State. The, uh, the regulation said that they could use anywhere. They could use a hotel. They could use an apartment building. They could use a hospital. They could, I mean, it was very, very broad. They could use any place. They didn't have to actually uh, build specific camps according to the regulations. So, um, so I don't know of any specifically um, camps that were built, but the, the underlying premise of the lawsuit, again, uh, was that the executive branch didn't have the power to make this regulation. Um, I, I wasn't arguing that they were locking people up erroneously. Um, so it, it's just it's just a different legal argument, but the the result was was the same that he struck it down. And um, for me as a German, it's interesting to know how is it right in the moment in New York? Because I think New York and California are the countries with the most restrictions. Is that correct? 
Still, yeah. In this moment, in this very moment. Yes, well. yes. Here in New York State, um, uh, Kathy Hochul, our, our governor, continues to put us in a state of emergency. So we are two years and what, four months past the onset of COVID. And sh every 30 days, she still declares, oh, state of emergency, state of emergency. So so, and that's because then her Department of Health and what other, all her other departments can keep promulgating these absurd, unconstitutional regulations in the name of emergency. Oh, it's an emergency regulation. Oh, yeah, we're still in an emergency. You know, it's it's absolutely it's unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> the the problem in New York is that we have um, the Democrats have a supermajority um, in in the in the House in the two houses of our legislature. Um, pe pe voters need to wake up. Voters need to wake up. You need to look and see where your representative is voting. What are they voting for and what are they voting against? Because I think if people actually paid attention to, to the voting history of their senator and their assembly member, I think a lot of them might vote them out come November. So this is, this is the power. You know, in the in the New York State Constitution, um, the the right to vote is is the second article. It's it's right up there. Um, so we need to use that. We need to use that and and get these terrible tyrannical people out of office. Um, I have a good friend of mine in in Russia, and um, the interesting thing is that in Russia there were also measurements during the COVID time. And, uh, but the interesting thing is the most, the measurements were mostly only in Moscow. St. Petersburg, nothing. Rest of Russia, nothing. And I asked him, how is it possible that only Moscow has so many restrictions and the other country, the other cities not? And he said, it's very simple because the whole middle class of Russia lives in Moscow. So uh, I come back to the question of Jane. Why is it in less area or people uh, in an area where you have only a few people and in uh, areas where you have a lot of people, why is, are those restrictions are more than in this area than the other ones? It is in, in, in New York State, you have a huge middle class, if I guess. And this is a way in order to destroy it. Absolutely. I mean, hundreds of thousands of small businesses went out of business because of, not because of COVID, because of the government. So when I'm giving speeches, I always remind people, COVID did not lock you down. COVID did not make you lose your job. COVID did not make you lose your small business. The government did, right? So, and the government kept getting their paycheck all throughout COVID. So people need to open their eyes and people need to realize when, when the government is not doing the will of the people, you vote them out and you, and you don't just vote them out. You help the people that do think like you win their election, volunteer on a campaign, Find somebody that you think like, that you think is going to stick up for the people and, and the Constitution, 
and help volunteer on their campaign. If you don't have time, donate some money. Everybody can always use some extra money on their campaign. You know, it's it's the same thing I, when people ask me, how can we help? What can we do? You know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know anything about this. I say, you can go, we actually have um, a website that's set up for this quarantine lawsuit, unitingnys.com slash lawsuit. And people can go there. There is so much information on that webpage about the quarantine regulation, about the lawsuit. Um, there are videos, there are photos, there are links. You can read the, the actual regulation itself. You can read the judge's decision when he ruled in our favor. Um, there are uh, some quick two minute videos on there about the regulation um, and why it's unconstitutional and stuff. So there's a lot of information there. And there's also a list of things people can do to help get involved. The biggest thing we need right now is people to spread the word. Even though we've won now, it's even more important that we spread the word about this so other people know that if it starts in their state, they can stop it, right? So we need people to reach out to, to social media, to podcasters and bloggers and uh, newspaper writers or uh, you know, TV hosts or radio show hosts. You know, we need people to reach out to them and tell them to do a story about this. Um, help us get the word out. We have a donate button on our website. Um, you know, as I said, I'm doing this pro bono, so donations are greatly appreciated. You know, people can get involved. They just need to spend a, just just make a little bit of time, um, and and you know, we can pull through this. Brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. It was a really pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having me. I, I'm sorry I have to run to a meeting, but I really enjoyed the time speaking with you all. And I really appreciate you having me on. And that, yes, and in behalf of all of us and our viewers and listeners, we thank you, Attorney Bobby Ann Cox and all those who've supported you. And uh, do feel free, come again for whatever you need to, you know, have this conversation. And to all of you, please, as he, she said, share, 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 connect, 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 and don't ever let your guard down. And I love it when she said, it wasn't the COVID that did this to you, did this to you, it wasn't, okay? So it's the government whom we expected to protect us are the ones that is the ones that did not protect us. And remember what the founding fathers did. I don't think they just sat comfortably. They had to go through difficulty as well. And the founding government here or in your different countries, what we represent as an American. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you.